Hello, everyone. You are listening to the Unapologetically Speaking podcast, and you're on with Jamie Dinwiddie and Alicia Hill, where we come to you weekly discussing some of the most pressing issues pertaining to women. And this week's topic is leading with conviction. Conviction is a valuable but rare leadership trait. It's a trait that helps exemplary leaders make firm but fair decisions. So today we want to discuss the inner conflict that many leaders face when they struggle leading and living authentically. So consider this. Timothy Clark, author of Leading with Character and Confidence, said, by its very nature, leadership puts pressure on the relationship between stewardship and self-interest. When the two collide, we call it an ethical dilemma. So, Alicia, I want to I want to repeat that. Um, leadership puts pressure on the relationship between stewardship and self-interest. When the two collide, we call it an ethical dilemma. Let's talk mm-hmm. about that a little bit. Yes. And so if you have not had the opportunity to read the book, Leading with Character and Confidence, I first want to say that you need to run out and go get that book and read it from cover to cover, because that's what I did. And it had so many nuggets such as this one, that um, if you are really trying to take your leadership to a whole new level, this book can help you do that. So I, I wanted to kind of put a plug out there for Timothy because he he did he did the darn thing when he wrote this book I'm just saying so (laughs) so so what I have to say about this and I'm I'm going to actually kind of bring out the two words that stand out to me is and that's stewardship and self-interest and Mm -hmm. um you know Timothy ain't never lied when he said that it's an ethical dilemma when those two because they're really on on different ends of the spectrum and um you know, and, and, and really you can either be a good steward or you can either really focus on what is your best interest and nobody else's. And so there's, as a leader, we, we are called to be good stewards and, and that, and that's what Timothy is saying here. You have to make a choice. Yeah. You know what? And and Alicia, I know that we were having um, conversation when we were, when we were putting together uh, the show uh, the, the show notes for this particular show and kind of discussing what we were, what direction we were going to go with this topic, because conviction is really an abstract topic. We, you, you mentioned the importance of talking about stewardship and I couldn't agree more. Um, but I think breaking down what stewardship is because it is such an academic term. And sometimes people um, it's a, it's too, it's too, it's too folded, right? It could be mm-hmm. a very spiritual term mm-hmm. to some. Mm-hmm and a very academic term to others. Mm -hmm. And so I think I just want to break that down a little bit more and say, when we say stewardship for for everyone who might have different things flowing around in their brain right now, we're really talking about caring for the resources around us Mm -hmm. and the people around us and putting the interest of others really before we put ourselves, of the interest of ourselves into Mm -hmm. play. Mm-hmm. And stewardship and servanthood really have a lot of commonalities. Mm-hmm. And so that ethical dilemma is, again, how often are leaders putting their own, um, their own needs, wants, and desires and what makes them comfortable before the needs, wants, and um, desires of those 
in which they serve and care for. Yeah. And, and, you know, I would also add when we, when talking about stewardship, it, there is, it's important that stewardship is more about managing that what what has been entrusted to you. It's Mm. not about you being the owner of that thing. And so I think it's very important that we as leaders truly know that it's not ours to own. And so think about how you treat something that has been either given to you or has been entrusted to you, but it's not yours. You know, you're kind of borrowing it or you're kind of overseeing it versus something that is yours. You know, we take we take good Mm -hmm. care of our stuff. But at the end of the at the end of the day, I know that if someone has entrusted me um, with something that I am I am having I have a more watchful eye over it because I want to make sure that I return it either in the same condition or even in a better condition than when it was given to me. Yeah, absolutely. And and so let's bring this full circle, right? So we're talking today about leading with conviction, but we just we just had a conversation about stewardship. Mm-hmm. And so the reason we're talking about stewardship is because of exactly what Alicia just said. The, the, the process or the activity of stewardship is caring for the things that have been given to you, managing the things that have been given to you. Um, and so when you talk about conviction and the connection to stewardship, it's, well, what do you, and we're going to do a little bit of a deeper dive into the definition of conviction, but what do you, what, what do you believe and how are you making decisions about what you've been entrusted to manage? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Basically. <laughs> And, 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 you know, we could we could definitely, uh, you know, being in the leadership development and talent management space, we could definitely say we've seen some mismanagement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And we're hoping to rid the world of that. Not <laughs> <laughs> completely, completely. <laughs> so, um, but let's go ahead and do a deeper dive into conviction and, and, and leading with conviction and, and what that really means uh, during our deep dive dialogue. Welcome to our deep dive dialogue. And as a reminder, today we are talking about leading with conviction. And so what we want to do first is we want to define conviction and we want to level set just the idea that we have around conviction as we spend time talking um, to you all about what leading with conviction actually means to us. Yes. So when we talk about conviction, how we define it is it's a set of beliefs and opinions and values that you hold, that each of us holds, and that really align with who we are and the decisions. And in turn, it impacts the decisions that we make and how we behave in our day-to-day lives. And so that's really what we mean when we're talking about conviction and how we want to lay the groundwork as we get into our deep dive dialogue today. Um, Jamie, would you add anything to that? Um, No, I think that you covered it perfectly. I think that convictions is all about who you are, what your deeply held beliefs are, what your values are, and really how you operate in life in general. And but I I think I might even add, I said I didn't have anything to add, but I do. (laughs) Actually, (laughs) it's really rare that I don't have anything to add. So I don't know why I ever tell that lie. But (laughs) 
<laughs> what I might add is it's consistent, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. It's consistent. So it's not changing uh, depending on the moment or who you're talking to. Uh, we call that talking at two sides of your mouth. Mm-hmm. And that's not, you know, that's not conviction. That's being fake yeah. and phony. Yeah. Uh, yeah well thank you so, for that definition of fake and phony as well I that's way to that slide was a bonus. that in way to slide that in you're welcome <laughs> but Alicia I think the other thing that we definitely want to do is set some parameters around when we talk about conviction because I think as we were preparing for this podcast we realized that there were some hiccups in, along the road of the conversation and so we understand for the rest of the world out there some people they need guardrails uh, <laughs> absolutely absolutely we don't want to we don't want anyone to take anything out of context yes yes so so let's let's be clear when we talk about conviction we're not talking about beliefs that are defi- divisive or exclusive because we believe in inclusive leadership and so um when we talk about you know having certain beliefs um and and convictions we're never going to be alluding to um, any beliefs that are putting a group of people down or that is uh, speaking of superiority or anything of that nature. Because at the end of the day, uh, we are all about inclusive inclusiveness. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, if you're listening and you feel like you want to go and treat a whole bunch of people badly, at work because you deeply have this conviction that you can talk and treat anybody you can talk and treat to people treat people any way you want to please don't say you listen to unapologetically speaking podcasts and got that from jamie and Alicia (laughs) because that that is definitely not what we are recommending suggesting or support we do not support that message at all So, so now that we've gotten that out the way and we've talked about conviction and we've talked about um, the parameters around this, this conversation, Alicia, let's talk about the fear and uncertainty and why it's difficult for people, specifically leaders, because remember, we are talking about leaders mm-hmm. and the importance of, of leaders having strongly held convictions that mm-hmm. they can stand on. Why is that difficult? Mm. Well, I think a lot of it is difficult because people are um, fearful of how other people might respond to their convictions. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, when I when you think of a situation where you had to be the only one in the room to speak up and say something that is completely opposite to what everybody else is thinking and saying, you know, it's an uncomfortable place to be in. And, um, and, and it's either you have a choice, you either step into it and um, regardless of how other people may approve or may not approve, or you decide that you're going to stay lukewarm, which is, you know, where everybody else is. I'm going to jump on the bandwagon where I see other people jumping on. Um, You know, a lot of people, unfortunately, make those decisions and, um, and can you experience that group thing? Remember the road to Abilene? Do you remember we we watched that, that 1970s (laughs) show? Uh, Yes. (laughs) Yes. If you've never watched The Road to Abilene, you need to watch it because it will remind you of so many situations that you've experienced in the workplace. It's on YouTube. The Road to Abilene. YouTube. Get your popcorn ready. (laughs) It is Oscar's finest. I'm just kidding. Um, but, (laughs) But really, I think what I learned from that 
is, you know, group think is real. And oftentimes, yeah. you know, when I saw the video, I was like, surely, like, really? Like, it, it seems a bit corny and a, a bit hokey when you see it. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. people do it every single day. Leaders do it yeah. every single day. And the fact that you are a leader means you have to be a steward with what we meant, what we talked about earlier. And you have to think what will be the best decision to make in this moment for the people that have been entrusted to me or for the project that has been entrusted to me. And yeah, sometimes that decision is a hard one and it's an uncomfortable mm-hmm. one. And it's like, isn't that what leadership is anyway? Mm-hmm. Leadership is about uh, considering all of the factors that you just mentioned, mm-hmm. but then also being the odd the odd man out. Yep. Like if you're not willing to be like, and you know, our woman, cause I know our audience is woman. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> but it's being the odd person out. Yeah. It's really being, a, being a leader means that you're willing to like stand alone mm-hmm. if you have to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so th- you really can't afford to be in a, in a, in a position of leadership or a position of fluent of influence. Mm-hmm. And base your life and your decisions and your responses and actions on the approval of others. Yeah. You really cannot afford that. Nope. And that's what the road to Abilene uh, really is about. And when you think about group think, that's really what it's about. Yep. Nobody wants to be standing on that Island by themselves. Everyone wants to be feel as if they're a part of the group. Everyone wants to feel like they're, a, they have the approval and they don't want to step out and say, you know what, actually, I think there is a, 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 there's a more efficient or a, a, a better way to go about it. Or, you know what? I know this is what we used to do guys. And this is what we've always done. And I know this is comfortable, but you know, maybe we should think about this a little differently. Have you considered and whatever, you know, whatever they need to consider. Mm-hmm. That's what leadership is. And in order to get to that place, you got to know who you are and what your convictions are. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And so you might be listening to this podcast and and saying, but, but Jamie and Alicia, you don't realize, you just don't know how anxious I get and how sometimes Mm -hmm. I just want to just, you know, go and hide when it's time to stand up for my convictions or stand up for my beliefs or do what's right. And I might be the only one, but, you know, as a matter of fact, like this is your body actually responds to negative emotions. So you have this limbic system that triggers negative emotions such as anxiety and panic when you're put in a situation where there's fear and uncertainty and you're not sure how other people are going to respond, but you have to such such as a situation where you have to stand up for what is right and yeah. and you got to do it anyway. So so you're not alone if you're saying that you you deal with yeah. some levels of anxiety or almost even panic. everyone experiences every mm-hmm. everyone experiences that. And 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 I don't know about you Jamie when in the moments and the times where I've experienced that um, even when I made the decision and stood up for what was right in the moment because I I, I had a heavy conviction in that moment it didn't go yeah. away right away either no it didn't it lingered <laughs> it lingered it lingered yeah. so it, yeah it lingered it's not a thing that that goes away immediately either and I think it's so interesting that we talk about the limbic system and the fact that that is that is a human physical thing that happens to everyone and so like you said you're not alone 
but let's talk about why it happens, right? Mm-hmm. We, uh, and, 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 and most people are also think of that as the fight or flight response, right? Well, well, I'm going to, you know, uh, I'm going to, usually it's, it's uh, not fight, it's flight. So if you are, you, if you're either used to fighting or you're used to running away, either, or you, you, you've been, uh, t- you, you've been impact, your limbic system has been impacted and not in a positive way. Mm-hmm. And so why does that happen? I think we can point right back to those convictions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I would argue to say when we talk about convictions and we talk, we talk about who we are, what do we believe? What do we stand for? Mm-hmm. That has everything to do with our level of confidence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. And if we're fearful of standing up for what we believe in, it's a possibility that either our confidence has suffered or we don't have a clue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause if, cause you, if you're not confident, that means you're not comfortable with yourself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because whether someone accepts what you're saying or not, you would still be okay with you. I think so often in my life, I have, um, I have been in situations where I've been a little unbothered, where I've said things and I've been a little unbothered and people have wondered why. And it's like, well, because I'm comfortable and okay with me. And I'm just expressing myself. Now, what I have struggled with is the actual way I express it at times. I've had to work on that. But if this limbic system situation occurs and it impacts us in a negative way, then could it be possible that there might be some internal work that needs to be done? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I think when we when we started this, we talked about um, it's a valuable but rare trait, and um, we want to discuss the inner conflict that leaders face when they struggle to l- lead and live authentically. So we're going back to this inner struggle, right? Because that limbic system that triggers those emotions, those are where's that anxiety coming from? Where are those negative emotions coming from? Is it because is it going back to that need for approval? Is it because people don't like you? Is it be, are you afraid people won't like you or they won't accept you? Or, you know, what, what is it? Where is it coming from? Mm-hmm. What's the deeper roots of that problem? Yeah. It's interesting that you, um, and I want to bring fear back up because, yeah. you know, all of this starts internally, like you said. And um, I was listening to a message earlier this week and um, the woman said that oftentimes we think of fear as an emotion. And yes, it is. There are emotions, of course, that are yeah. associated with fear. However, fear is really first a thought. And so mm. when I'm thinking about what you just said um, in terms of your confidence and who do you think you are, whose do you think you are? I'll even add that. And, yeah. and, um, and, and what are those thoughts that are going through your mind about, about yourself, you know? And I think yeah. oftentimes the thoughts that we have about ourselves creates that fear, creates that anxiety, can create um, that fight or flight response when it's mm-hmm. time to um, when it's time to to stand up for what we believe in and show people who we are and what we're what we're made of and who we think we are. And I think that's OK. Like, I think sometimes you ever hear of that, like, who do you think you are? 
I think my mama might have asked me that a couple times because there was a moment every it was a moment where I really did feel I was probably a little too big for britches growing up right and she had to remind me of whose house she I was in but you know that's right. beside the point um in this but in this particular example you know I think I think when you you ask yourself that like who do I think I am I think that's not in a way of like, I'm not worthy. I think actually we have to begin to say like, question that. Ask us that every once in a while. Who do I think I am? Oh, wait a yeah, minute. I think I am smart. I think I am yeah. a person who is worthy to speak mm-hmm. um, her opinion and to speak it confidently and so that other people can hear it and even ask questions about it so they can learn more. So I I think we have to ask that question to ourselves every once in a while is who do I think I am? And then begin to challenge our thinking around that because we we do that, that we, that impacts our confidence that impacts how we show up every day. Yeah, no, I completely agree that Mm -hmm. it impacts how we show up and, and, and even in impacting how we show up, it, it could be, you know, we're talking about these deeply held um, values and beliefs and, and, and sometimes they, they can be things that are extremely um, uh, controversial topics, mm-hmm. but in many, many cases, it's not. In many mm-hmm. cases, it's like little stuff, right? It's mm-hmm. like you sitting, you know, so let's like bring it, like bring it down a few notches because Alicia and I are pretty intense people so we can get intense real fast. <laughs> um, but, but, but sometimes it's a matter of sitting in a meeting at work and everyone is like talking uh, uh, about a topic and you know that there's something that maybe hasn't been said that needs to be said or there's a question that needs to be asked that hasn't been asked that could really impact the trajectory of whatever's going on around you mm-hmm. and can really help maybe the, to help the group to move in the right direction. But because your, your convictions aren't solid because you're not confident in who you are and what you know to be true and what your beliefs and opinions are, you just sit there and you don't say anything because you're fearful. Oh, there it goes again, that people are not going to hear you or respect you or, and it's something, and those are things that we're talking about on a daily basis, being comfortable enough to speak up and say, you know what, have we considered mm-hmm. um, X, Y, and Z? And, and, finding, and, and finding your voice enough to, to have enough confidence to even speak on those things. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're definitely not going to speak on the big stuff and the tough stuff if you can't speak on the little stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or what, you know, and, and we don't mean little lightly like what you're saying, like what, what we don't mean little like you know, those things, those conversations aren't important, but in the grand scheme of things, when you're a leader and you have to make a decision, an ethical decision about who to hire and who to fire or who to um, promote or who to give a raise to, or, or um, you know, maybe there's a group of people who want to uh, throw a certain person under the bus that's an innocent person to, to protect a popular person. Yeah, I went there. Um, <laughs> you, you know, are you, do you have enough conviction? Do you have enough wherewithal and confidence to tell a group of people, you know, I'm not sure that's the best decision. And then really list here are the reasons why, you know, mm-hmm. are you going to be that light in that situation mm-hmm. to be able to say that? Well, you can't start there until the, and I don't want to call them little anymore. Cause I don't feel like that's the right word to use, 
but at the at a ground level, if you're not practicing using your convictions on a daily basis in your everyday interactions, then how can when the time comes to really stand up for something of significance, how will you do that? It's like a muscle that you've never worked before. I don't know. Alicia, is that making sense? It's making complete sense. I'm, I was just thinking when you said um, a muscle, I was just thinking that it is something you have to keep practicing at. And the more you practice at doing it, the better you'll get. Now, I won't say that you'll become more and more comfortable because every situation is not like the other. And so sometimes it depends on the persons in the room. Sometimes it depends on the magnitude of the situation. And so it, that's going to scale. And, and, and we'll talk about that, too, as a part of this conversation, how that, you know, that spectrum of uncertainty, certainty and certainty. But at the end of the day, um, I do agree with you and wholeheartedly that it's a muscle and you have to exercise it. You have to practice it in order to get stronger at it. Yeah. And these conversations are so tough, right? Mm-hmm. Because, <laughs> because, we, because nothing is absolute. Mm-mm. So it's like, we definitely don't want people who are listening to this podcast to be like, to go out into the world. <laughs> and it's like, anything that just comes to your mind, just say it, you know. Mm. You know I'm going to need you to have some conviction about that too, you know. Don't just yeah. say everything. <laughs> <laughs> we think you should have some conviction about that, definitely. <laughs> uh, we think that there's balance. But you know what? Uh, dare I say that conviction could even be not what you say, but what you do mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and what you don't do. People pay attention to that too. Or what you say and don't say. I mean, I know we've been yeah. talking about speaking up a lot. And I think the reason is because we're, our target audiences are, are, is women. And we, um, and we as women statistically struggle with that. Um, we, yeah. do, we do less, we do more not speaking up than we do speaking up. However, yeah. I like you said, there's a balance. And so there are some times you are, are feeling a, a conviction to not say something because, yeah. because of maybe sometimes the influence and power that you do hold and how it can shift things and how um, maybe what you are going to say is more about you and self-interest than it is about something else and so or someone else and it's not in the better better it's not for the betterment of the situation so I mean I think conviction can go either way in that in that sense as well which is why we talked about stewardship and self-interest and it being an ethical dilemma so mm-hmm. you know we don't want to take you on this circle of uh crazy rhetoric but hopefully you're keeping up and you're tracking with us that <laughs> we're trying to be <laughs> very cautious during this conversation because we want it to we want the conversation to be a goodwill conversation where we're saying hey it's okay for you to have your convictions and it's okay for you to communicate your convictions and even act on your convictions even make decisions based on your convictions but what are they number one do you have them and then how do you do that in a very healthy way wow well that's good yeah so with that being said i think we can move on to our overcoming the odds Overcoming the odds. So we've talked a lot about conviction. What is it? Why do leaders struggle with it? Um, 
you know, and, and a lot of other details around what it looks like to um, experience times when it's maybe difficult to act with conviction. Now let's talk about some ways um, that uh, some some things that our our listeners, Alicia, can do to lead with conviction. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so um, I would. Say, so the first thing that we want to um, make sure we bring clarity around is going back to that uncertainty. Well, you know, there is going to be levels of uncertainty in our, in our worlds, you know, and and whenever we are leading, there's always um, some uncertainty, things we just don't know. Um, And there's, there's are some certainty things we do know. And and it's it's a continuum. I mean, throughout your day, you experience probably more uncertainty than you think. Then, then you even sometimes pay any attention to. Um, however, it's there. And, and knowing um, that it's there and developing a level of comfort with uncertainty is, um, yeah. is something that can help you as you are identifying what your beliefs and convictions are. And then again, as you are operating in those convictions and making decisions based on those convictions. Yeah. Well, I think one way that that can be done, one practical way that that can be practiced is, um, or that that can start, that whole process can start out for a person. Because I can imagine this conversation to some being kind of overwhelming and like, oh my gosh, where do I even start with all that? Well, one way is, you know, if you journal, start writing out your absolutes. What are your absolutes? And, and, and think about it as like your core values. I'm, curr- I'm currently teaching a class at Cincinnati State. And it's a, um, it's a leadership development slash career development type of class. And one of the things that, that um, the class had to start out with writing was a self-assessment paper. Let, let's self-assess a little bit. And what are your values? What are your core values? Because it's not enough when you go into the workplace and you work for a company to just see what their core values are and what and what they what they hold true in terms of, of who they are as an organization, but who are you? What are your absolutes? What do you stand for? Do you stand for integrity without compromise? Do you stand for collaboration? Do you stand for um, ethical decision making? What are your absolutes? I, I, I mean, I'm going to respect everyone. What are those absolutes? And by writing those absolutes down regardless of that certainty, uncertainty continuum, at least you know where you stand, regardless of whatever situation you may face. These are things that don't change no matter what the situation is or whoever you're facing, no matter who you're talking to or what you're dealing with. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's <laughs> writing them down. I mean, there are so much, there's so many, um, again, going back to kind of just, statistics it's so many statistics out there that that speak to when you write things down how it manifests Mm -hmm. and so um sitting down and taking the time to write that out write those absolutes out I agree Jamie can help you help help them to manifest in your daily life as well another way um another thing that I think is important as you're writing those down is um reflect on why you believe the way you do and so when you write down like you said the integrity you know, integrity without compromise, 
You know, why is that a core belief of yours? Why? What experiences have you had in your life that, um, that makes that a core belief of yours? Um, you know, why is that, you know, we all have these things that, you know, trigger us. I say trigger us because, you know, one thing that I absolutely kind of, since we're speaking about integrity, one thing that I absolutely just cannot deal with is lying. You know, I I cannot take that. And the reason I can't take it, and I know why is because I am just not, um, you know, experiences in my life. There have been promises made in my life that someone did not, you know, follow through on those promises. And so that, you know, that that's really kind of played a role in how I've developed core beliefs around integrity and being honest. And so why do you believe what you believe? Reflect on that as you write down those um, those absolutes as well. Yeah. And then I think another way to um, really submit those convictions and submit them in such a way that you're just not writing it down. You're not just saying this is what you believe, but submit them in your life in such a way that when people say your name, they say, this is this is this person. And I know that this person, this, this is who they are because this is what they exhibit to not just me, but everyone. The message about you should be consistent mm-hmm. uh, is one way to accomplish that goal, I think is to examine yourself daily. And this is a very reflective practice because if you've written down your absolutes and you know why you believe the way that you do, then if you examine yourself daily, and this is a really aggressive goal. So if not daily, a regular, on a, reg- on a regular basis, examine yourself and say, what's going on in my life right now? And is that exemplifying or indicative of what my absolutes are and why I believe what I believe? Am I on base? Am I on track? with all those things that I wrote down and what I said, or am I way off track? Mm -hmm. And then that will help you stay in alignment with who you say you are so that you can make sure that you're not, like we said earlier, talking out two two ends of your mouth. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. And being fake and phony. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think the last one that, again, like you said, to cement it, um, when you examine yourself daily, sometimes you need to phone a friend. Um, <laughs> really? <laughs> because you know, I, there are there are times where we we might be um, not not completely honest with ourselves. We might think or yeah. say we're doing something and feel it in our heart of hearts that we are um, we are backing up what we're saying. But at the end of the day, there are people who hopefully love us and care about us and will tell us the truth and tell us. Are we really exemplifying those values? Um, are we really making decisions based on those values? And if not, you know, give give me some examples. So I've done that with Jamie and 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 vice versa. And so as as friends, we tell each other when we are exemplifying um, the the characteristics that we say we want to exemplify as leaders. And so we, we really mm-hmm. encourage you. Sometimes you got to phone a friend. And let me tell you something about friends, because there's a lot of people that like to act like your friend, but you have to know the difference between who are the people who really have your best interest at heart and who are the people who don't. And oftentimes, you know, we may think that people really like us and really care about us when they're nodding their head and agreeing with everything that we're saying all the time. Mm -mm. But that is so contrary to a real friend and what people really believe about you. 
um, are, 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 um, are when people really are how you identify if people really care for you, because the truth of the matter is, and this is for family too. Some family will just nod and shake their head in agreement, but that doesn't necessarily mean they care about your best interest. The person who cares about your best interest is the person who is going to lovingly and respectfully say, you know what? Mm, I'm not sure about that. You might want to think about that one. Mm, that's not what you said. That's not what we talked about. And you might get mad. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, that's someone who truly cares about you. That is a true friend. And Alicia and I have had conversations where I know she'll keep it real with me. And I've told her, don't think because I'm your friend, I won't tell you the truth about something. Because what I don't want is I don't want her to go out into the world and think she got it going on when there's some inconsistencies in her presentation. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I know there are people who are going to look at her and tell her that everything is great and wonderful. And that may not necessarily be the truth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're pacified. That's called pacifying. Yeah. Like that's, I don't want to be pacified. I seriously don't. And you shouldn't want it either. You know, you really shouldn't. Right. Yeah. So what that called true friend, we also call that a ride or die. So it's yes. important that <laughs> you, you, you tally up your ride or dies. And those are the, that's the circle of friends that you go to when you need to, um, when you're examining yourself and, and when you need someone to kind of give you an outside perspective of whether yeah. or not you are staying true to those convictions that you wrote down. It's just like the friend. You you ever been out somewhere, Alicia? <laughs> you ever been out somewhere and uh somebody looked they just um had on something crazy, just looked crazy. Hair was all over their head, they just looked crazy. Or better yet, a better example is American Idol, where people mm -hmm. go on American Idol and they sing mm -hmm. and they sound horrible. <laughs> and you're thinking, where are their friends? Yes. Where where were their fam where was their family? To say, you know what, well, I love you so much. Yes. But that is not your gift. And I really don't think. <laughs> yes. I think that immediately. I, I, I literally say out loud, where are the people that love this person? Where are <laughs> they? And I need them immediately to be upset with their friends and family for allowing them to get on here and do this. Yeah. Or allowing it. Because <laughs> yeah. it's so inappropriate. It so is. It is. Yes. <laughs> so um, that's just a, a funny example of what we're talking about in terms of a friend or a ride or die. But let's talk about a couple of practical ways, really a few practical ways of leading with con uh, conviction. Alicia, what do you, what's one way of one practical way that this can be practiced? So you can practice leading with conviction through the practice of emotional intelligence. And so you, you, there's a lot of literature out there um, that speaks to emotional intelligence and really that can be a whole nother podcast topic so we're not mm -hmm. going to dive too deep into this but what mm -hmm. emotional intelligence really is is about you being able to manage um, your own emotions as well as how um, you enter how those emotions engage and interact with others around you so um, you know it, it's, it's really important that as you have, as you understand more and more what your beliefs and opinions are, um, 
it's important that you also know how to manage your emotions around those beliefs and opinions when other people, especially when other people don't agree with your opinions and beliefs. Um, oftentimes we, we feel like we, we're in this, I'm going to say this, that, and especially on social media, we are in this era where people, if you disagree with somebody, it's almost like you um, lit their house on fire. Like it is, yeah, seriously. it is one of the most, um, you would think you would think you did something critically wrong to someone if you disagreed with them. And, and so I want to, I really want to challenge everyone out there, especially women who are leading teams and, and who are leading their families and, you have got to, we have got to make sure that we have a appetite for um, other, for uh, differing opinions. And we have to also be willing to welcome different opinions too. Yeah. Because if we can't create an environment where people can speak and, and have different opinions and convictions, then, um, then, then we're really not leading. We're really not leading. So uh, leading with inclusion, that is. So we've, we've got to really practice emotional intelligence as we are um, leading with our convictions. And, you know, emotional intelligence, I want to stay here just a little bit longer, Alicia, because mm-hmm. this is one of my favorite, uh, th- this is one of my favorite areas of leadership study. Mm-hmm. Because if, if you study leadership, then you know that this is the foundation that leadership rests on. Yes. If you've got an emotionally unstable leader, or if you are an emotionally unstable leader, you've got bigger problems than you know. Mm-hmm. If, if things happen to you throughout the day and you're emotionally all over the place, things can impact you and take you off your center. Someone can say something and all of a sudden you are just all anxiety, this anxiety, and you just fall into pieces. You need some, and I don't, I, and I'm, I apologize to say it this way. But if you know someone like that or you're struggling with that, you need to get some help. You need to get either some counseling from a licensed counselor because there may be deeper issues that are beyond what is professional. Or if it's just professional, an executive coach, which Alicia and I can offer that coaching. Um, But there is some significant help because really emotional intelligence is all about having that Mm -hmm. self-awareness. So, yeah, knowing your convictions. It's about that self-management. So it's about how you communicate those convictions. It's about that social awareness, knowing how to communicate that, and then um, knowing how to communicate your convictions and how your convictions might impact others socially. Mm-hmm. And then those social skills, how to, even when someone wants to disagree with you, how to um, kind of massage that individual this is a whole nother podcast, right? We could do a, a workshop on this, but how to massage those people or those individuals so that when you share your convictions and you walk in them confidently and you communicate them, it doesn't cost a, it doesn't, it doesn't cause a complete and total, um, it doesn't cause complete and total descri- destruction mm-hmm. <laughs> of everyone around you. And so I think that's why emotional intelligence is so important. And, um, you know, we can't even dig as deep into it as we would like to. But um, if you've never done an assessment, there's some free assessments online. Um, it would be important to know where you stand in terms of your emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Um, the next piece is authenticity. Alicia, can you let's talk? Let's talk us through authenticity and and how that's a, a practical way to lead with conviction. Yeah, and I think we've touched on this when we talked about you know conviction being about knowing what your beliefs are, knowing who you are, um, because you can't be authentic without knowing who you are. And um, because if you don't know who you are, you're being probably someone else or you're trying to be something that you think someone else thinks should you, you should be. So, I mean, yeah. there's, you know, there it, it can get it can get pretty convoluted if 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 you aren't um, if you aren't walking in authenticity and operating and, and leading with authenticity. Um, so it's just it, it's, it's about knowing who you are and being that and being. Yeah. Well, um, I really, really just encourage everyone that as you think about your convictions, you're also thinking about how do I stay true to myself? Um, and when I feel myself getting kind of straying away from who I am authentically, then um, then how how do I get back on track and, and getting mm-hmm. getting back in in focus of, of who I am? Yeah. You know what, one thing that I think um, when we talk about knowing who you are, and one thing I think that could help with this is when, 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 um, when we're writing about our absolutes and knowing and, and thinking about why we believe what we believe, um, knowing our story and how we got to the point of our convictions, right? Because, I mean, we somehow the convictions became a conviction for a reason. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I know there were some convictions that were passed down from my mother, mm-hmm. but then also um, life experience has caused me to have some of my convictions. So storytelling, what is the story behind mm-hmm. it and how can you use that story about your convictions to, co- to connect with people um, on a regular basis so that when you have to like communicate your convictions in any circumstance, people aren't shocked mm-hmm. because you've shared your story mm-hmm. and people know who you are because you've shared your story. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, storytelling, knowing your story. That's good. Yeah, that's good. And then freely and openly sharing it. That's good. That's good. I think the last one is just agility, having agility around um, when it comes to conviction. And it's interesting when we were preparing for this podcast, we were talking, we were kind of having some dialogue around how does agility and conviction um, relate. And agility is, is, relatable to conviction because when we're doing again when we're doing our that self-check and we're and when we notice negative patterns because there again there there's going to be we're not perfect there are going to be things that we do and we notice negative patterns in our decision making and when we identify those negative patterns being agile enough being able to pivot um in the moment and, and say, you know, how do I get, again, realigned? How do I align myself back to my convictions? And if there is a belief or conviction that isn't quite right, how do I change that so I can make better decisions, not only for myself, but for others around me? Yeah. Yeah. Agility is, so, is such an important um, leadership trait because things change often. Mm-hmm. And... And, and so how do we lean into the change? Change is one of those difficult things for people to do. Um, you know, 80, 80% of change fails. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's just within organizations. I'd love to see, I'd love to see the numbers about individual change and how people deal with change. We know people hate change. Mm-hmm. And so how do you, 
um, lean into that change. And, and, and agility means maybe your conviction didn't change, but how do you change how you communicate it? How do you change how you strategically um, bring your, your goals or your objectives to pass? You know, it, that's a huge, huge leadership ability that, and I know I'm still working on. So, but it's an important one to practice on a regular basis. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I, I want to, I want to take a moment because we, we kind of discussed a lot and I, I want to yeah. take a moment to kind of go through all of the, the, the practical um, suggestions that we gave in terms of, you know, leading with conviction and how do you go about doing that? So, so Jamie, I'm going to start with the, from the top where we talked about okay. writing out your absolutes. So definitely yep. taking some time to do that, knowing why you believe the way you do. So what does that look like? And, and, and when you write down those absolutes, where does that stem from? Where do they stem from? Examining yourself daily and finding that ride or die friend to give you the yep. truth, tell you, Hey, yep. this is, these are the areas in, in where I see you definitely in a, aligned with your absolutes, with your convictions. And here's where I see you need, um, you need some work. And I, and I would like to, to see, to see you lead differently. So those yep. that's, that's from the top, a few of what we said, a few things that we said can help you as you are identifying those convictions and walking in those convictions. And then um, the last three, Jamie, you want to give those last three again? Yes. Uh, so the last three is, is I think the, the, the first four were, like you said, how can you lead with conviction and find out, find out what those convictions are and then um, actually, you know, begin to walk in those um, convictions. And then the last three are some practical ways that you can continue that journey, I think. Mm -hmm. And that's really um, leaning into emotional intelligence, um, figuring out where am I emotionally? And how can I improve? Authenticity. We talk a lot about knowing who you are, but really I think it's taking that a step further and saying, what is my story? That could better, people, people really uh, lean into stories. And so if you can learn, if you can identify what your story is and then begin to sell, uh, share that with people, um, we think that is going to be very helpful in uh, leading with conviction. And then agility, being able to... Um, pivot and, and, and move at, at any given moment to really um, stay in your convictions, but also know how and, and, and when to communicate those convictions and, and um, to gain acceptance and alignment around who you are as a leader and what you're trying to accomplish. Does that cover all of it, Alicia? Yes, that covers everything. Fantastic. <laughs> so, so now that we have um, talked about how you can overcome um, the struggles of leading with conviction. We want to move on to our final thoughts. So final thoughts. So we end every show with a, or every podcast with a final one-liner. Um, and it's pretty much our takeaway from what we, you know, based on everything that we've discussed, we want to leave you with this final thought that's kind of going to summarize for you everything that we've talked about. So Alicia, would you like to share your final thought? Yes. Yeah, so I would say my final thought um, is a quote that um, is one of my favorites from Maya Angelou. And Maya Angelou is such a wise woman. 
She said, my mission in life is not merely to survive, but to thrive and to do so with some passion, some compassion, some humor and some style. And so when I think mm-hmm. about um, just conviction, I love yeah, that. I know it's awesome. I love that quote. And when I think about conviction and leading with conviction, um, I think that, you know, it's we're not here. I'm not here. My purpose is not just to kind of go about my day haphazardly. You know, my 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 purpose is to thrive in everything that I do and to do it to the best of my ability using the gifts and talents that I've been I've been given, I've been blessed with and and to really walk that out in conviction through passion, through compassion. You know, I like to make I like to laugh and I like to make people laugh. And so that's authentically who I am. And to do that with um, with conviction as well. And and, you know, and to be with style. And I like to that she slid yeah. style in there because style is not always how we dress. Style is our presence and how we walk and with confidence. And so I want to be able to lead with conviction in confidence and with style. And so that's, I would say that would be my final one-liner. Okay. Well, you got it, girl. You got <laughs> lots of style. As I can, I, I can attest to that. So you, yeah, I think you're on the right track. Thank you, friend. <laughs> So, um, so my final thought, I spent a lot of, um, I spent the last few years um, during my PH study, really identifying what my leadership philosophy is. And so I think my final thought I'm going around leading with conviction um, is centered around what my philosophy is as it relates to leadership. And so my leadership philosophy is to care enough about others that I always speak the truth in love, first and foremost. Um, My commitment to myself and others is that I hold myself accountable to the continuous pursuit of knowledge. My leadership practice will always be grounded in wisdom. And my hope is that my legacy will tell the story of a woman that never settled for anything less but leadership excellence. And so I think that when I think about my leadership philosophy, which is always evolving, I think about the importance of leading with conviction. Mm-hmm. Like if I say, number one, I'm going to speak the truth in love, that's a conviction for mm-hmm. me. So I'm going to, you know, even though I'm going to always tell the truth and be, as we say, unapologetic, mm-hmm. I'm always going to do it in a loving way. My, my goal is to never tear anyone down or to or harm people in any kind of way. And then also to hold myself accountable to always to knowledge and, and wisdom, to know that what I'm speaking is, is something that is, is, is of sound mind um, and that I'm not just, you know, talking out of two ends of my mouth, as I keep saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also my legacy, my leadership conviction is what I'm doing each and every day is building a legacy so that when I'm remembered, I can be remembered for that le- for leadership excellence and that people one day, whether it be my daughter or, or other young women that are mentored uh, through unapologetically speaking and us women international so that they can carry that torch of leadership excellence on. Mm, That's good. That's good. Yeah. It's about that legacy. What legacy are you leaving? Yep. What legacy are you? And it's hard to do that if you don't know what your convictions are. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why we want you to walk away from this podcast and say, what are my convictions and how am I going to walk in it daily? Boom. (laughs) 
So, <laughs> so with that being said, now we want to go into stay in the know. So we want you to stay in a know with everything that we have going on. Um, we, of course, um, want you to continue to listen to our podcast. We thank you for listening to our podcast, but we also want you to continue to listen to our podcast. And we want you to rate us and write a review on Apple Podcasts or for those listening on Spotify, like our podcast and follow us. Absolutely. And... You got to follow us on social media as well. We are on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Um, we're also on Twitter. And you can visit our YouTube channel at Us Women International. So please be sure to follow us on social media, like our pages, like our comments, post, put a comment out there. We want to engage with you. And as you can probably tell, we are pretty passionate about leadership development. So we want you to keep an eye out for our Global Leadership Academy online classes, where we're going to take a deeper dive, because we're always taking a deeper dive into our leadership development model that will help equip you with the skills that you need to lead your best life. Because obviously that is so important to us, and we hope that you're getting that message. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Jamie. Well, I think that's it for today. We had a really robust conversation and um, I can't wait until our listeners have the opportunity to listen to this podcast. So until then, we ask that you be bold, be courageous, and be unapologetic.